What up, Wrinkle Army, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode, we're going to be going over April 10th Road to Dantaku's wrestling match card. This is coming right off of the wonderful Soccer Genesis show that New Japan Pro Wrestling gave us. And I hope you guys have tuned into the individual matches as well as the long podcast episode explaining the whole show in full and giving my review and opinions about each match and the story behind it so i hope you guys enjoyed those episodes and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode where i break down the match card for april 10th and then right after the april 10th breakdown i will be going over night one and two of wrestling dantaku for may 3rd and may 4th this is probably going to be the only month that jay white is not going to be on the road to series as far as I can tell with the New Japan lineup, he does deserve this time of rest. He has done very well since the start of the new year. And so he needs and so he needs his rest for when he comes back on May 3rd to defeat Tanahashi for that never openweight championship belt. He will be one of the greatest champions because then he will be a Grand Slam champion. But let me not get ahead of myself because this podcast is specifically for April 10th. I'll get to May 3rd and definitely have a lot of praises for Jay White and when he becomes champion. But other than that, happy WrestleMania week. Everyone who's down at Tampa, be safe and have some fun here doing these podcast episodes to keep me sane. So let's just jump right into April 10th, the first show kicking off the Road to Dantaku series. So on April 10th, our first match and opener are definitely going to be two young lions that we have seen throughout every single Road to series and even in the New Japan Cup. It is going to be Gabriel Kid taking on Suji. Now, this is going to be a very fun and interesting match and it's definitely going to be a great opener. Both Suji and Gabriel Kidd have a lot of potential in New Japan Pro Wrestling to be the very best and to definitely have that star power behind them once they reach their full potential. Both of them are getting there and both of them are really standing out, which I really enjoy. And both of them are definitely evolving their style and their way to approach things. To me, Suji is very likable and he's very ambitious and he can be adorable at times. And he is great as a babyface, definitely a babyface. I'm not sure what would happen if the one day that he decides to turn heel, how that would look. CG just has a natural babyface look to him and probably a great personality to just be around and hang out with. Suji is definitely ambitious in that he tries to get a match with Naito and the only way that he wanted to get that is if on his social media post over on Twitter at Suji underscore NJPW. So if you guys are not following him, go follow him and give him your support. So the wrestling community, along with big names in New Japan Pro Wrestling, did try to get Suji that match with Naito by retweeting his tweet. But he fell short of the 50 or 55,000 likes that he needed to show management that he was serious about wanting to have a match with Naito. Never happened. Naito caught wind of this and was at first telling him, you know, to calm down. You know, you have 
a whole career ahead of you before Naito was going to give him the opportunity to face him. And then they had a couple of matches, not singles matches, but more the trio matches. And Naito had locked in the Boston Crab, I believe, on Suji. And that had Suji tap during one of their matches, I believe, in the New Japan Cup. But that hasn't stopped Suji at all from just achieving the goals that he wants to achieve. And he's doing very well for himself. Now, let's talk about Gabriel Kidd. I've praised Gabriel Kidd before on this podcast, and I would do it again in this episode. Gabriel Kidd is by far my favorite young lion, followed by Suji and Yuya. The three of them are really good at their craft. The three of them are really good at interacting with Jay White and interacting with other wrestlers. If it wasn't for Jay White always picking on Yuya, we probably would have never known how good Yuya can actually be, other than being in the ring good, but also during backstage comments good. And the same thing with Gabriel Kidd. And I don't think Jay White has bothered Suji as much as Gabriel Kidd and Yuya. It seems that Yuya is probably like Jay White's favorite, but I could be wrong. Anyway, Gabriel Kidd has that style that I love, which is being a technical wrestler, him with a British wrestling background and being raised in Britain as opposed to being raised in Ireland. He is half and half, which is kind of cool. If you guys do not know that little tidbit, make sure you follow the blog that he does on New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you get to learn a lot from these guys. And I learned that. And that was a very interesting tidbit to know. I just thought that Gabriel Kidd was from Britain with a British wrestling style background. And bam, here he is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Almost showing up Zack Zabra Jr. in their match at the New Japan Cup. Which I so wanted Gabriel Kidd to win that match against Zack Zabra Jr., Imagine if a young lion got that one up on Zack Sabre Jr., which I did review that match. You guys should definitely go back in the catalog and listen to my review of Gabriel Kidd versus Zack Sabre Jr. And yeah, Gabriel Kidd has that fighting spirit that would definitely take him a long way. If you guys ever watch his backstage comments, they are super humble backstage comments. And he knows that at times when he doesn't get the victory, there's something in the match that he fucked up on, but he owns it and he's still so humble about it. I can't wait for Gabriel Kidd to fully be unleashed and do what he wants to do in New Japan Pro Wrestling, take out the wrestlers that he wants to do. And we saw a bit of aggressive side to him during the New Japan Cup after he lost to Zack Sabre Jr. by him taking on Ishii and just trying to Prove to people that he is in New Japan Pro Wrestling to take notice of him and to make sure that they don't just ignore him and push him to the side. And you also might be thinking to yourself that New Japan Pro Wrestling has a lot of wrestlers who does technical and mat-based wrestling and not too much of the high-flying stuff that we see here in the States that sometimes just don't have psychology behind it. So you might be wondering... What makes Gabriel Kidd different from like everyone else on the New Japan roster? And it's quite simple. Aside from almost defeating Zack Zabra Jr. during the New Japan Cup, 
He is very teachable. You could definitely see that he wants to learn. And every match that he gets into, there's something that he improved on and is slowly climbing that mountain to be one of the best. The only thing is that he needs to work on his promos, but he'll get there. He's just super humble. And he could definitely tell a story inside the ring. And I'm more for technical skills with story in the ring than I am for high flying everywhere and doing all these spots that don't necessarily have a story or connection to them. See, with mat wrestling, you have to sort of chain wrestle your opponent to make sure that they understand that you're not going to get out of this hold. And even if you do get out of this hold, here's a counter to that. And we're going to be right back in the same situation. So what are you going to do? How are you going to think on your feet? You can't really think on your feet if someone is flying towards you unless you just want to sidestep and like they die. But with chain wrestling, at least, you know, you could stretch them out for a little bit and let them know that you are like the master of submissions and they can't get out of it. And even if they do get out of it, you know that they have potential to probably best you at your own game. Like you could like you can control the match when it comes to technical skills. And that's what I love. If you can control the match and tell me a good story and maybe your opponent gets the one up on you, you know, you just got to learn and run with it. And that's what I think is really cool about all the mat based wrestlers that I love to watch. That includes Gabriel Kidd in a very long list of technical wrestlers that I like watching. You can also do a bit of everything in a match, but just make sure that from start to finish, there are connections. There's a story. Get me involved in the match. Let me feel what you're feeling so that way I can be like, this is a really good match for this month. This is a really good match for the year. Tell me a story about why you're wrestling this opponent in the match. What is it that you have to prove to not only yourself, but to your opponent and the fans when you're wrestling your opponent in that match? And I think that with every Gabriel Kidd match I watch, that's the one constant question that is there throughout. What does he have to prove to the fans, to himself, and to his opponent that he definitely belongs and that why we as the fans should support him. That's what I think he asks himself every single time he steps into the ring. And that's why I gravitate towards him to support him and just make sure that he's going to have a wonderful career. And I think that's a lot of what the young lions would technically ask themselves. What do they have to do to prove themselves? Okay, so for the opening match of April 10th on the road to Dantaku, it's going to be Suji versus Gabriel Kidd. Now, I need to pick a winner, and this is definitely unfair because I like both of them. Both of them are going to be really great assets to New Japan Pro Wrestling in a couple of years, and both of them have really stepped up during this pandemic. So congrats to them. But if I had to pick somebody I am probably going to go with Gabriel Kidd Gabriel Kidd will get the victory over Suji that hurt just say that our second match for April 10th on the road to Dantaku series it is a six-man tag on one side we have Yuya 
teaming up with show and yo our brand new junior heavyweight tag team champions taking on suzuki yoshinobu and el desperado this is going to be an explosive match from start to finish and i know i'm calling it right now that yuya is going to step up to suzuki man yuya has been on a roll lately yuya has been bothered by jay white on a consistent basis, Yuya even slapped the chest of Naito when Naito wanted Yuya to raise his hand. Yuya has just been, I'm Yuya and I'm not going to take any bullshit type of person during the past month or so. And congrats to Yuya for trying to become his own man in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You love to see it. And Yuya teaming up with Show and Yo, that's a big deal. Yuya and Sho would be a great tag team if that were to ever happen, if it needed to happen. And Yuya could definitely learn a lot from Sho and Yo. Sho has an amazing wrestling ability. And Yo does too. Yo has that technical skill that I love to see in the ring. And the commentators have mentioned during Soccer Genesis how Sho and Yo complement each other and they're like yin yin yang to each other's wrestling style. Sho is more explosive. He is the fiery arrow that will get you to the mat, hurt you while doing technical wrestling skills. But most of the time, it's a lot of strikes and quick thinking on the feet. Yo is a lot more calculated and a lot more wearing you down with each technical ability that he places on you and then you have yuya which is the wild card in this match i would have said that suzuki would have been the wild card because suzuki don't die suzuki does not get hurt at all this guy takes every single attack you have and suzuki is like you don't want to mess with him so Having this matchup is going to be very great to watch. And then we also have the former junior heavyweight tag team champions, Yoshinobu and El Desperado. In this match first. In this match first, because leading up to wrestling Dantaku night two on May 4th, we're going to be having Yo challenging El Desperado for his IWGP junior heavyweight championship title. And I'm going to get into that later when we get to that podcast episode. But this here on April 10th is to set that up. And during the weeks that are coming up, that's going to lead into that. And then whoever wins that match on Dantaku May 4th, we will at a later date get a rematch that will be Sho and Yo versus El Desperado and Yoshinobu, because that is what desperado has said during his backstage comments that he wanted another shot at the tag team championship titles and that he would grant some like leeway and time between wanting to get that rematch so that's how that's going to play out as far as this second match for april 10th who will i pick to win if Yuya, Sho, and Yo get the victory over Suzuki, Yoshinobu, and El Desperado. That would be one hell of an upset. But I honestly do not see that happening. It would be nice 
but that's not going to happen. So I'm going to go against my instinct, against my fangirl side, and definitely say that Suzuki, Yoshinobu, and Desperado will win the second match on April 10th, the Road to Dantaku. For our third match, it looks like we have a rematch from Sakura Genesis, which is Doki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Tai Chi taking on Jado, Tangaloa, and Tamatanga. I am not sure how many times I'm going to have to repeat this story or even tell you anything new in this ongoing saga between Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi against Tangaloa and Tamatanga. As much as I love Loa and Tama, I need something new. I need something fresh. But this is what I can tell you. For the Don Taku show night one, we will be getting these guys in individual matches. We will be having Tamatanga taking on Tai Chi for those iron fingers in a ladder match. And this will be the second ladder match in New Japan Pro Wrestling's history. And and on that same night, night one, May 3rd of Dantaku, it is going to be Tungaloa versus Zack Sabre Jr. During Tungaloa's backstage comments at Sakura Genesis, he was really upset, even though he didn't really want to show it or probably admit it. But Tungaloa had mentioned that Zack Sabre Jr. did not beat him. And he still believes that Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi are not worthy of challenging them again for their IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Which, by the way, I don't think they're worthy either at this point. I need Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi to have a strong goal and make me believe that they want the championship titles. I would like to see Tungaloa and Tamatanga fight somebody else, fight a different tag team that is on the fight a different tag team that is on the New Japan roster rather than Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. That's just me. Anyway, back to Loa's backstage comments. Loa had mentioned that if Zack Sabre Jr. can defeat Tangaloa in a singles match then they will be granted a tag team title shot so May 3rd on Dantaku we're going to see Tangaloa taking on Zack Sabre Jr. in a one-on-one match as for this third match on April 10th on the road to Dantaku I definitely see Jado Tangaloa Tamatanga picking up the victory just because in Soccer Genesis, they lost. So Bullet Club needs their revenge. Now we come to the fourth match, which is a no time limit elimination match. This is Bullet Club versus Chaos. On the Chaos side, we have Yoshihashi, Ishii, Goto, Yano, and Tanahashi. Tanahashi is our never open weight champion. And we have Ishigoto and Yoshihashi as the six-man, never-open-weight tag team champions. Now, it's important to remember those contexts because we do know that it's going to be Tanahashi versus Jay White on May 3rd on Dantaku for that never-open-weight championship title. I'm going to say it here, and it's not a spoiler, Jay White is going to take that never-open-weight championship title off of Tanahashi, and he's going to have some gold around his waist, and he's definitely going to be the first-ever wrestler in New Japan Pro Wrestling to be a quadruple-crown champion. That means that Jay White would have held 
the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship title, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship title, and then to add that Never Open Weight Championship to his accolades, he will be a quadruple Grand Slam champion. And I would like to see one day Ishii Goto and Yoshihashi put up those six men never open weight tag team championships against Taiji, Yujiro, and Kenta for the time being. Originally, when we were back in February of 2021, the team of Tamatanga, Tungaloa, and Jay White looked so destructive and dominant that I was hoping that they would have taken those six-man tag belts off of Ishigoto and Yoshihashi just because those tag belts are not really doing anything. And I know that Bullet Club can make more defenses than the three that already have it. And this is a chance for the Bullet Club side to elevate the chaos side in this fourth match because Kenta has stolen Yoshihashi's bow staff and Bochan is now with Bullet Club. So it gets into the head of one of the guys who holds the six-man tag belts. So why not issue out the challenge and have this done? Like, Gato, book it. And I didn't mention the members on the Bullet Club side, which is Gato, Taiji, Yujiro, Kenta, and Evil. Evil and Yano need to settle their differences. And Gato is filling in for Jay White because Jay White has the month off. And we're going to see Jay White back on May 3rd. So my podcast is going to miss talking about Jay White. Anyway. Elimination style matches for New Japan Pro Wrestling can be a little difficult to understand. The first time I saw a elimination match, it didn't make any sense. So let me just run down what I know. For elimination style matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it goes like this. Wrestlers are eliminated by pinfall, going over the top rope, or submission. That is all you need to know. And this is definitely going to be a 10-man tag. So get comfortable and watch the chaos, all puns intended, happen in this match. As far as which team is going to win, you guys know that I am pro Bullet Club. So it is definitely going to be the Bullet Club side of Gato, Taiji, Yujiro, Kenta, and Evil picking up the victory over Chaos. And for our main event for April 10th on the Road to Dantaku series, it is another elimination match. However, it is not 10 on 10. It is an eight-man elimination style match. The same rules apply as the previous one. So for this one, we're going to have LIJ taking on United Empire. For LIJ, we have Bushi, Sonata, Naito, and Shingo taking on United Empire members Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hanare, Great O'Conn, and Will Ospreay. You know, I guess Aaron Hanare does roll off the tongue the same way that Toa Hanare rolls off the tongue. Okay, I guess it fits. I wasn't too keen on Aaron, only because he doesn't look like an Aaron. But it rolls off the tongue, so no problems with that. United Empire has definitely been destructive and they are so unified in their goals and missions that it makes it scary. I would think that they rival Bullet Club and will one day 
maybe surpass Bullet Club. Like, I would like to see a United Empire versus Bullet Club type of deal and see which ones can be very destructive. Even though the United Empire is not about destruction the same way that Bullet Club is. Because I've explained in the past on this podcast that the reason why Bullet Club does the antics that Bullet Club does is because they want you to remember the hurt and the pain United Empire is more in your face to remember that they're the ones who beat you. They're the ones who made you suffer that loss in that match. And United Empire is just focused on winning matches, winning titles, and winning together as a group. There might be definitely similarities between them and Bullet Club. But as far as tactics go, United Empire feels more of a cohesive unit to get the job done. And that's only in the short amount of time that I've seen United Empire on my screen, as opposed to watching a lot of Bullet Club over the years. It's just a certain swagger that United Empire has that differs Bullet Club. And you could definitely be like, hey, this is why they're different and tell a fan the reasons why. And they're totally two different groups. So I am really liking the United Empire and they are a really great team together, especially with the power and the intimidation and definitely the cockiness that they all share together. And it just works. It's a very good chemistry between all of them. United Empire adding Aaron Hinare is a very good thing. I've praised them in a previous podcast episode discussing his match at Soccer Genesis with United Empire taking on LIJ. So you guys should definitely go back in the catalog and listen to that one as well. Hinari is definitely going to be one of those guys that is going to do very well in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And the day that he ever decides to leave and go somewhere else, he's definitely going to be a damn star. You saw that star power when he went against Jay White. That star power was always there. It was just a matter of putting him with the right person and letting him show the world what he can do exactly, the power that he has. And then to be with the United Empire, it was just that right moment to capitalize on all of his potential and just push him in the right direction. Him being with Jeff Cobb is a great learning experience because they're both similar in terms of being power guys. And, you know, not every big power guy can definitely win a crowd over. Jeff Cobb wins the crowd over with not only his power and his look, it's how he delivers in his backstage comments in his facial expressions what he's doing to get the camera to notice him and he definitely reminds you of a young rhino in the business and so with all that together jeff cobb has that perfect package and hanare could be the same way too he doesn't have to be a huge power guy by adding on like all these muscles and everything the way that Hanare thinks about the details 
in his matches, whether they are multi-man matches, tag matches, or even singles matches, can definitely go a long way. Professional wrestling fans appreciate the details in matches, and you can definitely see that within his matches. And I'll be glad to uh, break down matches for you guys. So I'm happy, again, that Hinari is with the United Empire. It makes a lot of sense during the time that we're in, and it's a great new addition to the United Empire. As far as LIJ goes, Sonata has definitely stepped up his game during the New Japan Cup. And Sonata is also one of those guys that is very technical in the ring, and I appreciate that. I just need to see more from Sonata. Shingo has definitely surprised me the most, and this guy is amazing in the ring. He gave one hell of a performance in the finals of the New Japan Cup against Will Ospreay, and that match was amazing to watch. So, like I said, in elimination matches, you can win either pinfall submission or throwing the guy over the top rope. It might be a little bit less because this is an eight-man tag and not like the previous match where it's Bullet Club versus Chaos and that's automatically a 10-man tag. Anyway, for the main event for April 10th, Road to Dantaku series, I am definitely going to have to put over the United Empire to defeat LIJ. That's only because United Empire has definitely won me over during the time that I have podcasted about the United Empire. So, ladies and gentlemen of the Square Circle podcast and ring crew members alike, that has been my analysis for April 10th. First show to kick off the Road to Dantaku series. Do you guys have your predictions? If so, let me know. And these are the ways you can let me know. This podcast episode will be up on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. Anchor is the home of the Square Circle podcast. And you guys can definitely leave me a voice message via anchor.com forward slash Square Circle podcast. If you want to leave me your predictions for April 10th of the Road to Dantaku series, head over to Twitter at Marie underscore shadows to tag me. And let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. The other way you can get in contact with me, Marie Shadows, is to head over to www.ravagelands.com. That is R-A-V-A-G-E-L-A-N-D-S.com. That is the official website and home of the Square Circle Podcast in addition to Ravage Lands Productions. So Ravage Lands Production is a family-oriented content creation entertainment value for you guys. What we do together is talk about professional wrestling. So you will have the Square Circle podcast on there. Ravage Dragon is the leader of gaming and streaming on there. And our wonderful JD Alpha, who is the best indie wrestler on the east coast not only has his wrestling matches with us at ravagelands.com but he is also featured in some gaming videos for ravagelands and he traveled with us to comic-con in new york city we also have a documentary on that as well so all together collectively we're known as Ravage Lands Production, and we're here to make skits and entertainment for your value because we know how much making people laugh is worth it. 
So if you guys can do me the favor, head over to www.ravagelands.com where you can sign up for the newsletter and become a member because soon we're going to be rolling out exclusive videos for those that have signed up to the website. This is way different than Patreon, way different than Substack. It's going to be a whole new thing. And I am here betting on myself and all the back of house stuff I do for the Square Circle podcast for Ravage Lands production, and also for J.D. Alpha himself. So if you guys want to believe in me and believe in Ravage Lands, head over to the site, sign up. It'll make my day. And then we could all bet on each other and succeed in these difficult times. And as always, you have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys in the next one.